Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Brian Johnson of Maine & Johnson, a North Carolina-based business consulting and coaching company aimed at seeing small to medium-sized businesses thrive, not just survive. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it, Seth. Thanks for having me on. Let's go back in time a little bit. How did you get started? How did Maine & Johnson come to be? Yeah. So, um, I, you know, I had a, like a lot of people spent a great deal of time in the the corporate world, fortune 500 world and, uh, got moved down here to Charlotte from, from Ohio. So, uh, by all intents and purposes, uh, it was an upgrade. Um, but I, I still a lot of love for Ohio, so I'm not going to take too much out of that, but, uh, Ditch the snow. yeah, the shoveling is a lot easier here. So, um, but got down here, uh, you know, had an opportunity to kind of establish myself and then um, an opportunity came up to um, really connect down here a little bit more closely with uh, the community. And, and like a lot of people, I spent a lot of my time on an airplane um, throughout my career. So you don't really get that connection with where you live when you're kind of a part-timer there. So, um, you know, was trying to figure out exactly what, what is it that, you know, we're doing and, and want to do. And, and honestly, it, it came down to, you know, my father had run some small business restaurants uh, early on. And I said, you know, the heck with this. I saw all the stress he was going through. And I'm like, I'm going to get as far away from that as I can. So when I got my degree, it was straight into the corporate world. Um, but, you know, that kind of ate at me for a while. And, and as I started to meet people locally and, and get to know people, it's like, man, there are a lot of businesses out there that could really use a jump start and, and they've got really good ideas. They just maybe didn't go to business school or didn't spend all their time there. And how do we really connect with them and, and help them drive uh, their future success? Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure the longer version of that story should be in a book somewhere. <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing for those businesses to help them in today's challenging times. Yeah, so we we kind of look at, you know, businesses and everybody kind of segments and categorizes it. But, you know, if you're, if you're a business, regardless of what your revenue amount is, like if this is kind of your whole life and, and you're investing in it in a way and, and maybe you need rounded out with some of those business, you know, acumen and skills, we kind of partner with you on a little bit more of a coaching basis. So I'm sure your audience is quite familiar with that. Um, spend some time to really kind of work with them every step of the way. Uh, but then when we've got companies that kind of already have some talent and some some uh, capability within the organization might be considered a little bit bigger, we like to really kind of plug some of the gaps. So the those skill hurdles that they want to get over, 
like when they're really looking to develop that five-year LRP um, or really, hey, by the way, let's reassess things after a pandemic, you know, that kind of thing to put in that strategy and, and where you're headed, um, that v VP level type stuff, uh, we try to be there for them, particularly on that growth journey. Awesome. You talk about the airline analogy for business. What is that? Yeah, so I was trying to think, you know, how do I communicate <clears throat> to somebody a little bit more about where they might be at in a way that relates to them other than, hey, let me look at your business and tell you where you're at. That that tends to not get as much engagement, at least the way I do it. So, um, you know, having spent so much time on a plane, I was thinking, you know, how do we look at it in a way, simplify it and just try to direct people to point to like, where do you think you are on this journey? And we kind of break it down into four spots. Um, we're definitely generalizing, but that's the whole point. Um, you know, a plane, a flight goes through takeoff, ascension, cruising altitude, and descension. And so when we look at, you know, anybody that's packed a bag and hopped on a plane, you know, you're kind of rolling out onto the uh, tarmac and getting ready to get out on the runway and get in line. And they're like, hey, you know, seat backs in the upright lock position, tray table stowed, everything underneath the seat in front of you. It's basically a checklist that allows you to be cleared for takeoff. Same thing when you're starting up a business, you know, where's your business plan at? How are you coming along with the funding? Do you want private? Do you want, you know, uh, kind of like an SBA type thing? How are you approaching it? And if you really set out to figure out where you're headed. Um, so we kind of engage with them if they're in that space on those things and not try to push the envelope too, too far ahead of them. Because right after that, they're gonna get into that ascension mode and every business owner has their 10th their year figured out. They just don't have their first year figured out. You know, and so you get into that situation where you know, on that flight, nobody's getting up and using the restroom when you're you're going from zero to 30,000 feet and you're trying to get there as fast as humanly possible. So everybody stays in their seat, including the flight attendants, the pilots, everybody's buckled in. And then you hear that ding when it, you know, gets above the level. First, you can take out your, your devices. And then the second one is, hey, we've reached our cruising altitude. Well, same thing in business. It's, you know, a lot of people sit there and focus on like, what do I need to do to hire 10 people? But today I've got to do this on my own. And accepting where you're at, we do a lot of coaching in that phase to try to really bring them into the two or three things that, that really make the biggest difference. Quite honestly, we're talking a little bit more like top line. Um, you can't get the bottom line that you need until the top line first gets there. And so we'll, we'll work with them on those focuses so that, you know, take the pressure off you. You don't need to figure out what you're going to do when you have two managers and 12 employees right now. You just need to figure out how I wake up in the morning, stretch my arms and feel really good about the fact that I know my business is going to survive today. And if you can get to that level, whatever your 30,000 foot level is, at that point, you can start kicking in the things that, you know, differentiate yourself and make more profitability. And that's where we get into cruising altitude. It's probably where most people live the longest on their journey on a flight. Um, you know, they roll out the drink cart and the, the nice snacks and, you know, your loyalty kicks in at that point, stuff like that, but you can get up and move around. It's much more relaxed. And that's because you're working on the things that don't require survival. Now you're, how do I pr improve efficiency and profitability in my business? How do I increase employee engagement? How do I, you know, how do I take care of my customers in a way that my competition isn't doing? So, you really spend a great deal of time there and, and you know, pointing that out and, and working on programs inside of there that are specific to what you want, I think is what makes the difference. And then obviously we all kind of go into it thinking it someday, boy, I'd love to cash out and be really wealthy with this or whatever your destination is. I mean, you at some point get to that, wow, this, this has been a great flight, but I can't wait to get on the ground and just either sit on a beach somewhere and have a drink and make money and, and or, you know, maybe I'm handing it off to somebody in my family or something, what, whatever that is, you know, that process, even in a flight, 
I mean, we kind of joke and say, you get to 30,000 feet in 10 minutes, but yet they tell you you've started your descent, you don't land for another hour, right? And so it's kind of like, it's very pra pragmatic and practical and you're really kind of looking at it like taking the proper steps. So when you do take that step away from what you're used to doing, you can do it and, and, and feel very comfortable with it. And so we usually use that with all types of businesses just to kind of figure out where are you at and what makes the most sense for you right now and how can we help you in that, that phase. And then how do you help, why, why do you think we get in our own way so much as entrepreneurs and how do you help us get out of our own way? Yeah, I mean, the, the crazy thing that, you know, my experience coming through this is, you know, I have my way for my business just like anybody else. And when I talk to somebody who kind of coaches me through things, they'll tell me to look at it like, Brian, you're, you're kind of talking about it like a VP of sales in a Fortune 500 company, and that's not what your business is, right? And so how do you, how do you look at this, the scenario, the situation objectively? rather than in whatever silo or construct you've made for yourself in your mind as to how it's going to go. And I think when you work with people outside, they, they don't have to be coaches or consultants, but you work with them and you kind of learn a little bit more on how they're viewing what your situation is. Um, that's key. So we try to not just connect them with the way that we approach and, and kind of coach and consult with them, but get them connected with other business owners that have some similar you know, experiences, but maybe in different industries that might kind of give you a little cue to, hey, this may not be the only way, this just may be the way I want to and and kind of work through them with that. But we usually start results-based and work that path backwards so that you can see if I'm committed to the result, the path doesn't matter so much as the result at that point. You alluded to exiting multiple times earlier. How do you help build an exit strategy for a business? And why is it so important that we should start thinking that way from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of key. It's like when you you look at what you want to do, you should be looking at how you want to finish. I mean, I hope when somebody sets out to run a marathon, they're just not going to keep going past the finish line. They're like, hey, you know, right at that number, I'm I'm out, and that's kind of what I'm planning to do. And when we kind of work with the businesses to to really assess that, it, the first thing is is what's your time frame because that's going to make all the difference first. And then the second is okay if you if you're not in a spot where you're looking to try to exit now. What does that exit trigger look like for you and where are we today? So how do we build that valuation model that gets us from where we are today to where you need to be or where you'd like to be? And whether it's driven by time or it's driven by a value, you know, you can kind of figure that out and, and work that in so that, you know, you've got milestones and things to look at along the way. But I'll tell you, every single time we sit down and put together an exit strategy, it never goes exactly like the plan is. But that effort to start the process and go through it is what gets people to the point where they feel really good about where they're ending up with that business. You say that not all customers are created equal. What do you mean by that? How do we take advantage of that? Yeah, so uh, this I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit and say this goes back a little bit more to the Fortune 500 days. But one of the things we learned there is we're kind of going through is you know you've got your your customer profitability, you've got your product profitability, and then you go ahead and you build these like grids out and kind of look at where do people land in those. It's the, the classic customer segmentation. But when you really get down to it, if you're not looking at your customers from a pure all-in standpoint, you'll look at somebody that you just make a little bit more money off of and think, hey, this is my best customer. And quite honestly, they're the ones that may have you on the phone, you know, you know, correcting things that everybody else seems to accept just fine. And I'm not, it's not downgrading like good service. That's not it. But, you know, if your model is, I'm giving you a value for what you're paying me. And then they're taking more and more of that value away from you. That doesn't come out to be the most profitable customer. Profitability may not be your only measure, but 
creating your measures and we kind of do the ABCD rule where you get customers lopped into a category like your A customers, you don't want to lose those. Those are your, you know, your golden eggs, your golden goose customers. How do we keep those customers at all costs? You know, if they're a B, they're probably similar. Maybe there's a, a step or two that you might work with them to see if you can get them up to an A-level customer. And then your C's may be, hey, they got to be B's or they got to start working their way out. And D's might be, this is the time for the price increase because whatever we're doing with them, it's not equating to the value that we'd like to get out of them. And I know it's a scary thought, but people hate talking about leaving a customer. Very true. You just talked about uh, increasing prices. What are some uh, some effective ways we can increase prices in our business without losing customers? Yeah, I mean, to me, I always go through first and do the segmentation. So you're going to find out who your true price buyers are pretty quickly, but test it out a little bit. You know, I mean, go go to a couple customers, especially if you bring on new customers, and it depends on what your model is and what your industry is, but, you know, go out with a higher price to your new customers that you're bringing in and see if they're recognizing that value. Um, and then you can take a look at, hey, how do I, you know, level down that a little bit with people? And we kind of try to tell people, it's a lot easier to accept if they, you've talked to them about some things you're going to be doing in the future, like what value you're going to be bringing, and then say, hey, you know, I think at the end of this year, we're going to be looking to raise price with, you know, things that are going on. And of course, I mean, we're all probably seeing prices go up right now because, there gets to be like an elasticity point where you see enough prices go up in your own business and then everybody just sort of moves together. But um, when that's not the case, it's it's got to be a little bit more uh, tactical in terms of how you present that to customers to ensure, you know, they're recognizing your value before you're just throwing a price at them. Absolutely. You have achieved so much success and helped so many clients. What's your biggest challenge now? Yeah, for us, it's it's kind of like a lot of people is we're kind of looking to where we want to be. And I'm, I'm not overshooting and looking five years ahead right now, but um, just where we want to be, what are the systems that we've got to put in that allow us to be efficient? Because my normal go-to is I, I like to develop, you know, people within the organization, bring them in. But th those are right now, at least in a little bit of a, a drier well, um, per se. So trying to really latch on to some of the technologies that are out there that allows me to do what I do more efficiently um, and effectively. So that's probably my number one right now. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you do? Um, you know, honestly, I know this kind of, it's, this may sound a little bit cheesy if I can say that, but man, I love it when a customer comes in and they, they look back like eight months ago and they're like, we, we did it. Funny thing is we never do it the way we think we're going to, but the minute you start stepping towards that, you figure out the right path and really getting a chance to kind of see a customer go from, hey, I'm not sure if my business is going to make it or if I'm cut out for this to, well, I think I'm actually a business owner, you know, and they, they kind of change themselves in that process. That's kind of cool. Absolutely. Who are, who is an ideal client for you? Um, really, if, if you're a medium-sized, small, medium-sized business, and, and again, don't let the numbers be the, the determining factor, but if your aspirations for growth are out there and you're constantly looking at reevaluating the way you do it or changing the way you do it or wanting to reassess strategy and how you get there, those are the ones that work the best with us. It's that strategic process and really embracing that, hey, you know, sometimes strategy isn't about what, what more can we do. It's really about what do I need to stop doing today? in order to make it to where I want to go tomorrow. For our viewers and listeners, can you share client identity? Is, if, if you need to keep it confidential, that's fine. Can you give us an example of a business? You could make it ABC Incorporated, kind of what their issues were when they came to you, how you work with them, and kind of that magical transformation as to what happened as a result of their getting to work with you. 
Yeah, it, it was actually, uh, and, and we'll just do the ABC, but uh, a company that does a lot of importing um, product from, you know, uh, Asia and, and Mexico, and they were bringing that product in, um, in a way that they were growing exponentially. I mean, they didn't bring us in because they had a problem growing. When we sat down with them, the conversation quickly went to, okay, I don't have a top line issue. I have an intermediate issue, I have an inventory issue, and I have a means to get to service issue because some of the stuff I'm getting with the way containers are working and things, it's dramatically slowing down my ability to service customers without taking on a ton of working capital. And so in that conversation, sitting down, the, the biggest need that we found, which isn't something that you would have seen on, you know, our business card or our pamphlets were, hey, this is, this is more of a, this is a supply chain issue that you've really got. And how do we build in the distribution model, the container ordering model, things like that, that really will allow you to reduce some of that working capital uh, go direct ship in some cases, um, but then have it staged in a way where, you know, you can control that that down, downstream cost uh, to the business. So it really effectively allowed them to get their arms around sort of that process, but at the same time, it didn't stunt any of that, that massive growth that they were seeing. So that was a really cool project for us. We really like those kind of things where it's really sitting in a room and we know we've got an issue, but we don't even know exactly what the problem is. That makes a lot of sense. For our viewers and listeners who want to learn more, where is the best place for them to go to learn more about Brian and Maine and Johnson? Yeah, I, I'd say, so our website is uh, businessconsultingcharlotte.com. So if you uh, check us out there, that'd be great. Uh, the other place, I, I mean, we're on LinkedIn and stuff. The uh, best best probably, yeah, there's about a million Brian Johnsons. So uh, the only thing I'd say is it's B-R-I-A-N-J-O-H-N-S-O-N and then 28120. So that's the best way to reach us. And, uh, you know, we'd love to connect with anyone, but uh, just really love these opportunities set to, to get out there and kind of chat with other entrepreneurs and like-minded business people. All right. This has been Seth Green here with Brian Johnson of Maine and Johnson. Brian, thanks so much again for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks, Seth. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.